Blog Talk Radio. Of, of our race and origin, black children were dying in Atlanta from asthma. 
So uh, we had the opportunity to work with Dr. Graham, and he's often on CNN. But when we're in the local area within Dallas and Fort Worth, we get to go to the different high schools, middle schools, daycare centers, and churches and let people know that with this health disparity, they always had answers and access to health care. So we always make sure if they can't afford the medication, if they can't afford the spacers, um, often sometimes um, CPS gets involved with different families because of a health neglect, because of their health care disparity. We give them uh, opportunities to work with case managers and just the resources that they need that they didn't know that they had. Uh, the founder is definitely Shamar Norris. She's a respiratory therapist. She's my wife, and she she started the program, and I get to work with her, and I get to do it from a dynamic of nursing, and that's why uh, it's been very effective. We get to go to the schools, and we get to help those who can't help themselves. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, you know, as, as these are trying and difficult times that we have now. How are y'all shifting now since the schools are no longer, uh, you know, uh, active at this here moment, but the treatment for asthma goes on. Now, what are y'all doing to shift that so people can get a comfort and an assurance that, yes, they can get treatment? Um, since the schools have been out for, I want to say, I think almost 14 days, what they do is they either send an email if they had a concern or if they need different um, DME devices, whether it be a spacer or a nebulizer, uh, we make sure that they still have access. And we can communicate that because they have a direct uh, access portal through our website. And if they need the spaces, we make sure that we either send it to them, or if not, we send it to um, the school nurse, and the school nurse has a uh, asthma action plan for that whenever the schools are active. So we always keep an open line of communication, and we, we often have sit-down events at a public center. So we make sure they always have an access point of communication and just the variances of needs since, you know, there's a different health care disparity on the floor. But since asthma is a, is a comorbidity with a lot of our adolescent patients, just making sure they always have access and a point of access for care. All right, all right. I'm looking at your website right here. It says facts about childhood asthma, that asthma often runs in the family. Let's talk about that there for a minute because some people, it's hard to believe, hey, nobody in our family ever had asthma. We don't know where they come from, you know. So let's talk about that. Uh, sometimes uh, asthma has intrinsic and extrinsic stimulants. Um, a lot of the intrinsic stimulants are caused by different types of allergens that um, they're passed down through through the DNA. So sometimes people have triggers that are caused by different allergens. This may be environmental. They may be intri- they may be within the within the home, different types of dust mites. But if it's if it's reoccurrent or if it's a reoccurrent odor, sometimes that they'll have one that their mother or father had. Or a lot of times heredi- within the hereditary, within childhood asthma, how they say you outgrow it, a lot of the the health the, the health um, irritants that caused a previous parent to have the reaction is often seen in the child. And also um, within a certain age of a child, the pathology, the structure of the lungs isn't developed beyond a certain point. And if within the environment the parent smokes or there's different pollutants, it kind of has a cost of effect on the growth and development of the lungs. So that's that's one of the things that can that can trigger it in the severity of the asthma attack. Oh, that is good news to know. You know, one other thing too, and I, you know, and you gave me some clarity on this. Although there is no cure for asthma, 
the effect uh, the effective treatment is available. You know, because sometimes people just say it'll just pass, it'll just pass, and they say there's no cure for asthma. So I mean, it's something we have to maintain. Let's hit that issue there because sometimes we get a little troubled by loved ones and even ourselves keep having this reoccurrence deal here. And we say, well, I had it a while, maybe I'm cured. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, often in our community, um, we use the word that's really not true, and they'll say, well, I got a touch of asthma or I got a touch of bronchitis to mask, you know, what's really going on. And, um, you know, we have certain uh, hope sakes or, you know, certain home remedies like um, what boiling hot water, coffee, different types of uh, odors, you know, that they put over the stove and they'll boil them. And they'll try, try to cause bronchodilation or they try to make a, a homemade nebulizer. And um, uh-huh, within yeah. our community, within our community, you know, that's um, that's kind of what we've always done. Um, but but having an active treatment plan, which is the asthma action plan, what it does is it makes an umbrella so you understand the response time from any fire department is from 12 to 15 minutes in a perfect world. So you want to make sure that you have the adequate medication. You know that that's not expired. We want to make sure the medicine is not expired. Uh, we want to make sure that that it's the appropriate dosage and it's for the right person, the right patient, and and we, and within that time mark and method, if we have, say, if there's a precursor for um, an intramingled steroid that's long acting, and we it's inter it's intermixed with the nebulizer or with the meter dose inhaler, that we continue that schedule within the asthma action program. And with that plan of action, then you have better outcomes, and we know that we have the medication on hand and we have the right patient. So a lot of times if we're borrowing or if we're using or, you know, if we have older medication that we haven't checked or we haven't even seen that the nebulizer works, the best time is not at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, when, when it's turned from wheezing to coughing so I don't think my baby can breathe. You know, it's, it's, it's better to have a plan in place. And if we have that plan in place, everybody knows how the plan works. And um, I'm just, I like rigor, and I like having a continuum of uh, excellence. So, you know, if you work if you work the plan, the plan will work. So that's what we always try to make sure we empower them with, with an understanding that we should have this treatment plan in place, the asthma action plan. It should be the same in the physician's office that it is in the nurse's office. So we don't have to lean, trust, and depend on the ER or on the ambulance. Oh, yes, that's so good to know that. You know, that's a confident thought that I know that you need to have an action plan like anything else about your finances or or whatever it may be. You need need to have an action plan. Now, one other thing that you brought up that I want you to talk about was the availability because some people say, I can't afford this here. There's no reason why we can't get proper treatment and long-term treatment. Let's talk about that. Um, I found out we spend money on the things we like. And um, the health of our children and the adolescent population, we got to keep first things first. Um, if you if you know that you're running out of that prescription, making sure that there's at least two available. Or say if the doctor only refills the medication, making sure that there's one available either at their school, either at their daycare, or at whatever babysitter's house that they have. But Often in our population, they excessively use the corticosteroids, and you have to be 
you have to be really considerate of that. Even though prednisone, because people will just take the prescription, be careful because that causes um, something within your bones. Uh, it's called the epiphyseal plate. It, it, it irritates the epiphyseal plate, so it kind of stints growth, and some children lose teeth because of excessive uh, usage of those steroids. So, so always be cautious if that's the only prescription you get during an asthma exacerbation with the different families, um, and making sure that if it is a meter dose inhaler, that it, it's active, that it works, and that you just don't lean on the nebulizer that you um, you can understand that with that nebulizer, you need to make sure that you have that meter dose inhaler. And if any long-term corticosteroids have to be added to the regimen, that they're expensive, but that, that they're available. Or if you can't coupon it, find a way to get it cheaper. And if you can't, contact our website, and we'll make sure that we exacerbate our resources and that you have a spaces so that the child gets the adequate uh, meter dose inhaler delivery you know when they do take the um when they do take the take the uh pro air or whatever the script is for their asthma okay now you said something that, that i i encountered some time ago with a person was having an asthmatic attack and they said they didn't like to take the inhaler because they tend to burn or sting or irritate them what can they do about that if the doses is it's not proper or it's taking effect or what is the some of the things based on your experience that will cause that um, most people don't use a spacer, and a spacer makes sure that during the uh, when they breathe deep, they say breathe deep, take the air in, the inhalation, that, that spacer delivers at least 80 to 90% of that um, asthma pump that people call it, which is an MDI, a meter dose inhaler, um, that they get the full delivery, and that when they do use it, they don't blow they don't blow off the medication, and you'll see that, that like, clear haze that comes out. That means they, they didn't... Yes. Um, ingested appropriately into the base of their lungs, and that's what causes the bronchodilation. And it kind of gets everything activated, and, and it may make them feel a little jittery and put them in that fight or flight, but we have to make sure that there's good gas exchange at the bottom of their lungs, and that's really the, the reason for the meter dose inhaler. Yes, yes. Now, now we have a uh, – I just got an a, a email here from a Mary that's saying that uh, even though her kid have asthma, is it safe for them to uh, uh, be active in the sports and stuff? Yeah, it is, but what they always say is 15 minutes prior, make sure that they have it on site, and also after the program, um, I'm sorry, after whatever activity program they have going on, that they have their uh, asthma pumps. And, you know, a lot of people exchange them then, but they generally have, like, a coach on the field who keeps the asthma inhalers uh, available for while they're okay. having the uh, sports activity. But I definitely want to let the nurse practitioner speak because it's hard to get her. <laughs> it's hard to get her. <laughs> it's hard to get this lady. This, this lady is hard to get. So, I have, you know, I know about asthma, but any other, any other health disparity questions that they have today, you know, you have a higher level of provider on the phone, and and she she's been practicing for over 15 years, so definitely she's trusted, and um, she can empower us today. Well, thank you, thank you. We would never do a show without letting her come on since she's on the air. Again, introduce yourself and tell us uh, about your experience once again. Uh, good morning. My name is Kashaylin Henderson. Um, I'm a family nurse practitioner who currently practices. Um, 
I do kind of like I do home health MD house calls. So I am out here in the community. Uh, I actually go into the patient's home. Um, my primary population is geriatrics, and that's the community I love to serve because it's a lot of our older population who are not able to get to the doctor. And I also serve a lot of my family, friends, church members, and just people in the community, you know, with questions who may not can afford to get to the doctor. So I make my services available most of the time at no cost and just try to make sure everyone stays healthy. Oh, great. Thank you. And you know what? This is an added addition to the show. With the pandemic that's running rampantly, you could give us some clarity on that. Now, uh, some of the things that have been addressed that uh, young people are not affected by what's going on. You've been a nurse practitioner and on the front line of the medical, uh, you know, in the medical field. Uh, talk, talk to us about that. Um, that's an awesome question. Well, a lot of the young people are not, pretty, you know, the numbers are not large. They're not largely affected. But they, the problem is, is that they can contract the virus, don't know they have the virus, and what makes it so dangerous. They can pass it on to their parents, their grandparents, younger children, and people who have uh, compromised immune systems and other underlying comorbidities, you know, hypertension, diabetes, respiratory issues, and so forth. So that's what makes them so dangerous right now that, you know, we're all trying to get everyone to stay at home. And, you know, just for hand washing, I was in Walmart the other day. I had I was washing my hands as I normally do, and I had three people who had come and gone while I was still washing my hands. So right there, you could see three people who could have the coronavirus on their hands, you know, have touched something, and it wouldn't have been properly disinfected. So that's that's the main thing is trying to get people to take the time to wash their hands. And if you're sick, oh, stay is, at so, home. Go ahead. Yeah. And no, so, and then you're talking you're about sick, stay at home. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we as men in society, we say we'll shake it off and it'll be okay. This is a fairly new uh, virus that I'm aware of now because some things that are still being revealed about it. Uh, now, we know we have our seniors, like, you, like uh, as you said, that you will take care of their medical needs into the nursing home. They're saying, hey, it's best to avoid the nursing home. Come on, talk to us about that. Yes, it's, you know, I know we love our loved ones and we want to visit, but right now we need to we need to just kind of stay at home. I am still at this moment allowed to come in to the facilities. Yes. I am screened at every facility. I fill out the questionnaire, and I also make sure I have the proper um, PPE, which is the protective equipment that they're so, we're so, um, we're, we don't have enough of right now. But I have went out and purchased. I have dial soap that's in the foam. I have medical um, disinfectant wipes. I wipe my equipment down in front of each patient per patient, wash my hands before I touch the patient, after I touch the patient. Uh, I'm wearing a mask for their protection. Uh, I'm doing everything that I can. But, yes, I just say I know we love our people, but right now they're so vulnerable that, you know, 
only reason I'm going is because I do need to assess them. They, you know, they have other issues. I do need to prescribe medications, refill medications. So their health needs that they need on an everyday basis continues, and I still must, you know, take care of them. But at the same time, being mindful and making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, that I don't spread anything. Well, thank you for sharing that with us because some people say, well, I don't know about this and I don't believe it, but it's good to have a a, a, a sound voice in the midst of all this craziness to answer a question like that. Now, also, we have a text message from a, a Juliet that says, even though there's no symptoms, how can we avoid getting uh, getting this dreadful disease? Well, when there's no symptoms, that that's what kind of makes it so dangerous because, you don't, you know, some people don't know that they have it. So the best way to avoid it is, like I said, you know, staying at home, only going out when you have to, um, sanitizing, um, especially your home when you come back in, um, the doorknobs, light switches, kitchen, bathroom, you know, make sure you're sanitizing. And then just knowing the property, like people saying cleaning, you know, cleaning, you have to make sure the surface is clean and you want to disinfect. So, you know, bleach water if you can't find white. Like I said, dial soap is a good additive if you can't find hand sanitizer because dial soap has antibacterial in it. So, you know, that's because if you don't know you have something, you don't know that you're spreading it. So that's why the proper hand washing. And even people wearing gloves, you know, people say, oh, I'm wearing gloves. But I'm watching people wear gloves, touch everything, touch their keys, touch their phone, touch their computer. So, I mean, yes, you're wearing gloves, but you you still could be spreading something. So I just advise, if you're going to, I know gloves are spare. You can wash your hands with the gloves. Make sure people are watching, wiping down their phones. Oh, my goodness. Your phones, your computers, you know, joysticks the computer games, anything that is touched all the time. That's that's my best advice, you know, to prevent the spread. You know what, that's something and that we had never thought about. Talk about yeah, yeah. You know what, we always talk about washing your hands, but nobody ever talked about the stuff that we touch on a regular basis without even thinking about it. I'm sitting up now on the computer, you know, it needs to be wiped out on a regular basis, you know. Uh, now, also, oh, one correct. other thing that we... Uh, now, what is the proper way to sanitize things? Because some people just go there, just start spraying everything, and some people wipe stuff off after they don't spray it with Lysol. Some people say, "Well, let it set." Now, what is the on, based on your experience? How would what is the proper technique to wash out uh, sanitizing things around the house? Okay, that's such a great question. So, let me touch on one thing first for for the people who do still have hand sanitizer available to them. When you're applying hand sanitizer. You put enough amount on your hand and rub it to where it, it is still shining and wet. You need to let that sit for 20 seconds. You do not rub okay. hand sanitizer in like you rub in lotion. So you want to have enough amount that when you rub your hands and it's still wet, you want it to dry for 20 seconds. That is the action. And it's the same thing with um, sanitizing your home and the doorknobs. So you want to first make sure they're clean, but if you're going to use a Lysol product, you want to spray it, and, yes, you just want to let it dry, okay? So you don't want to wipe it off. You want to give that ingredient time to break down whatever is on. So, yes, you need at least, you know, I say 20, 30 seconds, but for me, I use Lysol 
when I come in from seeing patients, my children, they meet me at the garage. I take off all my clothes. It's put into a certain bin. Uh, it goes directly to the laundry room um, where I have my washing machine. We um, we sanitize everything. And everything that I touch coming in or whatever, my daughter goes around the house, she follows me, and she sanitizes everything with Lysol. Or she uses uh, a Lysol wipe. And she basically we let it air dry so we can kill whatever, anything. And so she comes, she meets me at the car, which is funny. We do the door handle. She does my steering wheel, my knob, you know, my gear shift. So that's just what we have to do so I can make sure I'm being safe, still able to see patients and not bring it home. You know what? You really shine some light on some things. It's something that we don't even think about, like the vehicles. I never even thought about wiping the vehicle. Come home and wipe the staff, but then I go back to the car and I get whatever I picked up throughout mm-hmm. the day. So that's good. That's good. And one other thing. Now, with the pandemic being running rampant, not only in the states but across the uh, around the world, California and New York have done some things that seem to be unimaginable at this time. How serious should we take that? Because you know, people say, "Well, I, I, I ain't no, I don't know. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna do what I normally do." How serious that, based on your professional experience, should we take this to heart? I think we should take it very serious. When you start seeing major states like New York and California shutting down, that means there is something going on. And I think as adults, we should be able to contain ourselves. Because if we don't and it keeps spreading rent, then the government is going to step in. So for me, I'm taking it seriously. I only go out when I have to, and I try to stay protected. I And I hand sanitize. I wash my hands as much as possible. I'm not out visiting my family, my friends. I'm literally only out. My children don't go out at all. My mother-in-law, who has... Um, underlining medical conditions, she does not go out at all. My husband's a nurse. He works for American Airlines. He goes to work, but we only are going out because we have essential jobs. We go to the store and we come back home, and that's all we're doing. So if people who can will kind of follow the same suit, then we can try to get a hold on this virus, and hopefully the government doesn't have to come in and, you know, put a mandate on us. But it, it is very serious. Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, you, you, we hear a lot of things about cures and the remedies and things. Uh, what is a, uh, What are they doing now? So if you get uh, the uh, COVID-19 virus, what are some of the procedures that they have kind of have relieved that? Are, uh, what, you know, they have never talked about what a medication you could take after you got it. We know there's no cure for it. But what are some of the things that in a uh, health profession that they're giving people that may have that disease? And some people have survived it. Yes, basically uh, with this, they're they're treating the symptoms because, like you said, there's no cure. But they are um, working on some type of vaccine um, that's kind of like an anti-malarial. Um, they're trying to, the FDA is like fast-tracking, trying to get it made. But it's basically symptom control. So at home, I would tell people to be taking things like vitamin C, stuff to boost your immune system. Here I'm giving everyone in my house high doses of vitamin C, just trying to boost the immune system. And like I said, just kind of staying in and not making ourselves at risk. But uh, right now all we can do is treat symptom control. So basically 
you get symptoms, you want to stay at home. But um, if you're getting a fever, you're shortness of breath, you want to call your doctor, you want to call your local ER and find out what they want you to do. So at that point, you don't want to go out and maybe start uh, spreading the, the virus if you potentially have it. You want to quarantine and telemedicine, telehealth, that's, that's the new thing. And so if we can just kind of, when people do get symptoms, you know, to make the appropriate notifications to their doctor or the local ER would be great. Yeah, just like uh, the flu, uh, I, I, we've been sick, all of us have been sick one time. There are different levels of it. There's some that are very severe, there's some that are mild. If you even get a, a one case or the other, should you go to the physician? Say you think you got a mild case or something, but you don't know exactly what it is. It's something that that's really, it's not really stopping you performing. Uh, should you, uh, how should you evaluate that and, and see medical treatment or should you? Yes, I mean, like I said, if you're if you're coughing and you know, like the main thing is the the shortness of breath, having trouble breathing, uh, and getting a fever. But you know, if you're getting a cold, it never hurts to call. Uh, a lot of insurances you can call in and talk to a nurse that comes with the plan. And people who don't, like I said, call you can call the doctor, talk to them, and let the doctor kind of guide your care. And if, like I said, if you're getting short of breath and you're you're noticing that fever and you're not feeling right, you can call the local ER because they have now put in place protocols for people. So uh, if it's something that's out of the norm and it's getting worse, it's not getting better, yes, please contact somebody. Don't go self-quarantine and call the appropriate medical professionals so they can give you the direction to know where you need to go if you need to be tested. All right. Well, great. Nurse Henderson, thank you. This is going to conclude our interview. You've been a great guest tonight. You gave us a lot of information. If someone wanted to reach out to you or your organization or your business, do you have a contact number so maybe they may have a loved one that needs some medical assistance and that uh, you can sure. give them some advice? Do you have a number? I do. Yes. Um, go, you go ahead and give it out if you'd like to. Okay. It is 688 yes, yes. Five five again. That's six eight two eight 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 five five. And I want to thank Norris for having me and thinking about me. And I'm so glad to be a service to the public to do whatever we need to do to get rid of this COVID nineteen. That sounds great. We would love to have you to be a guest on our show at a later date because this is something that's very dear to my heart and Nurse Norris. We do this as often as possible, but because we know that asthmatic is like a seasonal type. Uh, uh, illness, but it's year-round, but different seasons bring about different challenges. And with you being in the in the medical field, you could address those some of those issues also, especially to our senior citizens that seem to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, in poor health and that they have someone that could encourage them. So my head goes off to you and the, yeah. anyone that works with you because you're doing a great job. I do uh, ministry in the senior citizen. I elected not to go because I do a lot of other things that I don't want to be a carrier, even though I'm in good health even though I, I do a lot of stuff and I don't want to infect anyone. You sound judgment, and that's what you have to do. You, like I love yeah. our, our senior citizens, but I, I, love, I, I love them to the point that I'm willing to not do some certain things just so they can be healthy. And so you, you really that share some life and some things, so thank you. Thank you very much. You thank keep you up with the good work and looking I, forward to I having you on the show really later today. Yes, she was. Yeah, thank you. Let's start. Yeah. 
before yeah, you go, tell us where you're going to be at and what's going on so people can keep up with y'all, uh, with your uh, program here, which is uh, a positive yeah. breathing. Yeah, the, the website is always the same, positivebreathing.org. Uh, if you had, have any inquiries, we have an area where you can send in questions. We're also on Facebook, so we can be highlighted. And it's also asthmachasers.com. Again, that's asthmachasers.com. But to talk about the COVID-19, uh, I really felt like Nurse Practitioner uh, Henderson, she can highlight on, on the greatest things. And just to review the data, making sure that you don't spread the virus and that you break the chain of infection, how she highlighted on the disinfectants and the base, the exchange of the virus, just making sure that we highlighted that we're, we're not um, – spreading the virus and we break that chain and how she highlighted on the things that disinfectants and you break the reservoir. So there's not a transmission because it's a communicable disease. And that's why they're, they're implementing the uh, quarantine. And if you, if you didn't get the entire dynamic that she said that we just want to make sure that we break the chain of infection because that continuum, whether it's in the adolescent population or, you know, with, within the younger adults or the geriatric community that, you know, we're not the person that continues or we're not the carrier. And how she highlighted on every spectrum, and most people don't even focus on the things that we do touch and the people that aren't mindful, even though they have um, PPE equipment on, that they're, they're communicating it with the person next to them or they're the carrier because they don't take off the gloves. They don't put on the new gloves. They're, they're not proper. They're not having the proper hand-washing technique, and they're not putting it in practice. And I thought that was the most important thing, and that's why often it's better to acknowledge that higher level of nurse practitioner, you know, in different communicable diseases. And I'm just grateful that she took the time out of her day to help those who, who have a voice in our community and to help those who sometimes need that connection and you provided that connection with the community. And I'm just so grateful that she took the time to help those who can't help themselves just because, you know, they don't have that higher level of knowledge they shouldn't have access to. So I'm just grateful because she didn't have to share her time, and she's had over 20 years of education, working in different sectors of the community, working with physicians, neurologists, and that she's an excellent practitioner. And if you have the opportunity to exhaust her service, please do. Because we should help those who help us, but it's better to let our family and our friends see someone who looks like us, who's accomplished in our community, who's born and bred from South Dallas uh, to help us. So I just wanted to highlight that because we want our daughters and our sons to see that we can accomplish this level and that if we ask for help, those who look like us can help us too. Those who are from South Dallas and Dallas can help us too. We go to school for a reason. Math has a place and a purpose, physics and chemistry, and it matters when we can help those who've helped us because when she helps the geriatric community, she goes back into the cup that poured in. Well said, well said, and that's so true. And we, we never know the young person that's listening to this program that's been, uh, that's been touched and affected by what you're doing, where they can come up. And, and and be doctors and, and you know scientists to watch this program. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we're going to uh, end this interview here now. So looking forward to having you to be on our trail at a later date. God bless you. Now we're making this transition. 
We have another guest coming up here shortly. You'll listen to Free on the Inside of Weekly Program to inform you, to encourage you, to tell you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. And the calling number is uh, 310-982-4126. So we'll have our next guest coming up here momentarily. We have our guest, another guest coming up here is Michael C. Uh, Sneed, and he's going to talk to us about jail reform and some things that he helped implement down at the at our local jail and how he's relieving some of the pressure and stress, not only for the inmates, but for their families also. And so he's going to inform you and encourage you and to challenge you to be about our, uh, our father, be to challenge you to make a difference in someone's life. Help change your life in Jesus' name. Good morning, Mike. You're on the net. Good morning. Thank you for having me today, Brother Lewis. Uh, I want to say good morning to all the listeners this morning. My, my name is Michael Sneed, and I'm with TOP, Texas Organizing Project uh, of Dallas. Uh, so what we have done, as I told Brother Lewis, what we've done, we went to the county judge, uh, Jenkins, and to all the county commissioners and uh, demanded uh, secure to lower the prices. Uh, and we was able to do it. I made... Uh, a big statement at the a hearing, and I, I showed them where uh, I was paying. I, I had been released from jail. This is a good story. Listen to this story. I was released from jail. Got out, was doing really well. Saving, had a bank account, had my own apartment, had everything going well. Then someone uh, really basically assaulted me, but since I had a record, I was arrested and ended up staying in jail for about six months and paid about uh, close to $1,200 on telephone calls. When I thought that I, I had started a new life, all the money I had saved in the bank had to go toward telephone calls in jail. So it put me back in the same position I was in when released from jail. And I laid that to to the judge, and we was able to uh, bring the phone from, one, from, from 360 for every 15 minutes. They was charging $3.60 for 15 minutes. And thank God, with his power, we was able to get it broke down to $0.18 cents for every 15 minutes. And that's a big drop. Oh, that's talking awesome. about That's awesome. From 360 to $0.18, cents, that's a big drop. And so I, I, I honor and thank God for giving us the power and the strength to, to get this done through this county course and stuff. And um, right now... Also, in that same package, in that same package that, that we brought up in and, and that got approved, too, uh, they're going to have more than 500 inmates for the first time will have access to electronic tablets where they can text and, and, and all kind of stuff with software, be able to text to their attorneys and, and stay in communication with churches and stuff like that. And so I think that's a great deal. Tablets in jail, electronic tablets. That they're in jail, a, play, a room that they can go and use these tablets. So that's a great thing. Things are changing because we've got so many people that are in jail. Uh, you know, you get arrested, that don't mean you're guilty. 
And then even if you are guilty, you still have rights that you should be able to talk to an attorney or be able to communicate with your family, especially at a time like these when we have this sickness going around. Everybody wants to know how their family is doing. So uh, I thank God is blessing us with that. Right now, one of our main focus also, I, I don't mean to talk so fast, but one of our main focus also is on bond reform because uh, we want equal bond for everybody. You know, we want everybody to have the opportunity to be able to be free until they go to trial or be proven guilty or innocent. You know, it, the minorities don't have a chance. We probably got, I don't know the exact percentage, but the percentage of and minorities that goes in jail and they can make bond is very, very low. And the percentage of Caucasian that goes in and make bond is very, very high. And that's not justice. That's not fair. And so that's what we're working on right now. We have a lot of judges in our corner. We have a few judges that's not in our corner, but we have a lot of judges that are in our corner. One thing about Texas uh, organizing project is that most of these judges, city councilors, and, and, and other representatives, they have they come through tech they come through top for endorsement, so we are familiar and friends with a lot of these people, as, as, as such as uh, the the DA and and, and uh, County Judge Jenkins, and so these guys wasn't wasn't strangers to us when we bust in court. They are already familiar with us. You see what I'm saying? So as you were saying, well, don't be the don't be the problem. Be part of the solution. We all need to get off and get involved in something to make a change in Jesus' name. All this is in the name of Jesus because uh, it, it, this is a ministry, basically. And um, um, I just want to thank you for having me here. And if there's any questions somebody want to ask, or uh, Mr. Lewis, you have something you want to ask, uh, I'll be more than happy to answer. If someone's out there listening that would be interested in, in becoming a member of TOP and knowing more about the Texas Organizing Project, they can give me a call and I can – uh, give them more information about this uh, organization, and they can get involved. We endorse presidential people. We work with Bernie. I wasn't so uh, fond of Bernie, but my organization was fond of Bernie. So I, I, I stick with who I'm with, you know what I mean? So uh, we went out and we met Bernie. We took pictures with Bernie. And sometimes we go out of town. It's a fun thing. We have meetings. We have food. We try to do everything to get people involved in the community. I went out to... Uh, everybody's in the house, but I was so curious about the schools that were supposed to have been feeding the lunches to our kids because uh, I saw on TV where all the other uh, high society neighborhoods are feeding the kids. So I went out to Lincoln High School and Billy Day and just investigated to make sure that they was giving our kids uh, a meal too for lunch and breakfast because they're more in need than uh, Highland Park and stuff. So uh, I was able to find that Billy Day was in standard very, very well, but I was very upset to know that Lincoln High School <clears throat> was given a breakfast and just throwing a sandwich in the sack for lunch. They would have to be there for lunch. And so I'm in the process of getting with the council member now so we can get that change where the kids can go and pick up lunch, breakfast and lunch, instead of them throwing a sandwich in their breakfast sack for lunch. That's not the way it was drawn up to be. Yeah, and that's so true, though. You know, and I have a friend that works for the school board driving the buses, and I've asked him, are the buses going to assist in serving the lunches? Because now they got bus drivers and they got buses, and they still could use those things and employ people that still benefit the neighborhood and the kids, you know, that's involved in those different schools. 
and he said he wasn't aware of that. So that may be something you want to drag up because they'll be wanting to get an outside contract when they already got all the facilities and stuff they got there. Ain't got the people, right? So they right. might well utilize that. So I'm glad you brought and, that and up. See what you what you said. I'm glad you said that because that bus. The thing is, is you got it. Say, say you got a kid over in Dixon Circles uh, or something like that 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 need a breakfast or lunch. He got he or she has to walk all the way over to Lincoln High School to try to get a breath, endanger themselves to go walk to Lincoln High School to get a sack lunch yeah. for lunch and for a breath when they shouldn't have to. Why don't they do it in one of these schools that's close by? Or they could just bring, bring the bus where they pick these kids up and pass our lunch. They already know where these kids stay because they pick them up on the bus. But you want to make it so exactly. inconvenient, you see what I'm saying? And that's not right. But you're not making it inconvenient. Yeah, because they got them aisle way, uh, they got them lunch, and they can put them little lunch cut in the center aisle, because they ain't going to have nobody on the bus. Have two guys on there. One like guy passed the bus out, the other one taking the container. And, and one guy driving. Putting it in the other way. It's filling it up. That's See, right. That's, See, that's a super thing. It's that easy. It's that easy. Bring that to their attention. Please, tell them about I'm, this. I'm, tell them about I'm this. Tell them about this. They just have to implement that plan. That's right. That's a great plan. Now, before we get too far before we get too far into our Dallas Independent School District, I want to uh, go back about the jail reform, about the uh, about the cost effectiveness that you made with the uh, inmates on the telephone call. Mike, tell me about the financial burden that was incurred on families because of the high price. Oh, so people can get a sense of understanding. Say, well, again, yeah, where everything free. Let them know it's nothing free, but it's nothing that should be unaffordable. Well, a lot of people probably know. I've been on the news a lot of times. I was on the news. Uh, in court talking with the judge on this. And so uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's a great thing when you're doing doing the work of the people and in God's work. I was out uh, washing on my car the other day, and uh, two ladies came by, and they wanted to give me the high five. She said she was able to call her son. <laughs> and I didn't even know that she knew her or know nothing. But people are just saying thank you. And, and, and you know, and you know, uh, it, it's funny, Brother Lewis, how uh, a lot of people, they see you doing things, and they really get curious of you. And, and a lot of people was, was kind of like labeling me like I, as I was some kind of snitch or something because I was always busy. But then when I start rolling these tables like I'm doing, and they see that I'm not ashamed and I'm not scared to go stand up for what's right for them, now they want to give me the high five instead of labeling me thinking that I'm doing the wrong thing. You know, so uh, it's, it's great. Like I said, people coming up and they thanking me and they said, hey, I was able to talk to them. It's a heck of a burner. You know, it's not only on the inmate, but it's more so on the family. What what mother with kids is able to pay six uh, $3.60 for 15 minutes? And it's hard to talk just 15 minutes at a time if you're talking about a case or this or that. And then they're going to call every day or every other day. You know, I was just thinking. I was just thinking at one time, I was incarcerated, I'm telling you, and you called to the house too many times, people don't want to answer the phone. Because you run up their phone, man. You make it a hard shit on the phone. phone and they can't put And, and, and that's, that's really talk real man. Come see me. <laughs> we also, that's right. And we also let the judge know that a family, a mother, say three or four or whatever, she has to neglect the rest of the family on, on groceries or whatever just to be able to uh, pick, take a phone call from their daddy or whatever. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm and from so a son. This was more, yeah. more on the family. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and so my hat goes off to you and what you had done on that because that was a great need for it. And I'm glad that, you know, that's, then that's enough for everybody. Some people say, I don't know what to do. What what are you doing right now? That's all you have to do. Well, somebody else is already doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but they, it, they, it's more work. The, uh, 
You know what? Uh, the harvest is great, but the labels sometimes, are few. Sometimes people get mad because I, I, I don't want to do that. They're already doing that. Why not? God is giving them some help, and maybe he's sending you some help. So you don't have to be overwhelmed by this situation because somebody feed in just the same place. You feed it because God sees there's a need. He said, here's too much for you, so I'm going to send you some help. Well, I hate you know what? A lot of people say, well, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. But what you need to know is that numbers make a big difference. You know, you don't have to know. All you got to do is stand there, be there. And when the judge or somebody look up and see 300 people looking at him in his face, he knows something's got to be done. So numbers make a difference. You know, so uh, that's another thing. You know, if you don't know how to just be a part of it. A word T-shirt that says "top" or, or "stand up," or, or will somebody say something that sounds good about what what we fighting for? Say "yeah" or something. You know, you have to make a difference. You can't just uh, uh, you can't just stand and let things go the way they go. Things are really bad right now. You know, um, it's really bad uh, as far as medical and everything. I see people rushing to the store to uh, get water and stuff at Walmart, and I look because I'm not rushing to get nothing because the thing is, when I get through drinking that water, I'm going to need more water. When I get to using that topic, <laughs> I'm going to need more water. So w- w- why am I rushing to get everything off the shelf when I'm still going to need more later? So what I need to do, what we yeah. all need to do, is fall on our knees. Fall on our knees and, and, and ask God to come in, and we won't need none of that. It'll yeah, be that just so back true. to you normal. I think about Psalms 91, and I got my co-host on the line, and we talked about that. It said, a thousand will fall at my right hand and 10,000 at my left, uh, and, but none will come near me. You know, and I got to think that we, are, we, are, we shouldn't be overly concerned about these things. Yes, let's, take, let's be mindful of it, but let's not get to the part that we put our trust right. in the resources right, and right, not the right. one who provides not, the resources. So, he's not thank telling you for us bringing that up. To, to be to be afraid of it, but like you say, he wants us to be aware of it, and and the Bible tells us to obey our authority. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. And so we supposed to obey the that's authority. So we're not supposed to just say the heck with it. I don't care. It's not gonna get me. Okay, when we do that and it get us, don't t- don't, don't tell nobody about how you <laughs> prayed up and all that jive. Cause I don't want to hear how good you was prayed up. You, you violated the authority. <laughs> the Bible tell you. You see what I'm saying? So. You, we have to that's go about the rules and the truth, ain't it? You know, yeah, so I have my couple on the line, and we only got a few more minutes. We're going to bring him in here so he can enjoy this conversation also. Bring him on in. Yes, sir. And we're going to get back to what you was talking about with the school reform, too, and because that's a very that's a great need for that. Good morning, there, Brother Daniel. You're on the net. Top of the morning, top of the rest of the morning, you know. <laughs> I'm Thank sorry, you for joining us, but we have a great guest this morning, and you know, we, have, up, you know. we have Michael Sneed on the line this morning. He was talking about jail reform. You know, he done a great thing with the program he's with, how they reduce the uh, fee for the uh, phones in, uh, in the jailhouse, for uh, paying for mm. phone you know, visitations. And then also he's working on something with the school board on how we can assist our young our young men and women to continue to uh uh, get a get a, a, a meal and continue their education. So, Mike, uh, we got Rick on the line now, but I want you to talk about what's going on at the school board and what you're making it, uh, how you're uh, implementing along with other people to kind of continue to meet the needs of our young people. Well, you know, in our group, we talk a lot about about the school and we're working a lot with the school. And uh, another thing, I was talking about the lunch program, but one of our main thing that we're working on right now is like uh, the bullying. 
it's a lot of bullying going on in schools and stuff that we don't know about, and, and a lot of neglected kids, neglected by the teachers, neglected by students, neglected by families uh, because of some kind of defect. Uh, you know, they may have a big ears or a uh, big nose or walk funny, and, and so he, he's a left-out kid. The kids that we call when we growing up, uh, uh, what, what do we call them? Um, call them nerds. Uh, you call them nerds, but they're not nerds. And they end up, when we get it, go to jail and prison, we hear that Johnny's a doctor now. That nerd is a doctor. You see what I'm saying? So them mm-hmm. are good people we push into the side. We're neglecting, and we need to be looking. I park in front of the store by Lincoln sometimes, and I just watch these kids come out, and I can see the kids that in their heart, they feel like they're just in this world all along, and it just makes me want to cry because it don't have to be this way. Hey, uh, so we working to help those kids. Bro, see, bro, see, can I give a little testimony to something that we're going on with that? You know, like, uh, yeah, hey, brother, brother, before, before you say that, you got a little background noise. You got a radio or something? Okay. Yeah. What, what? Hold on. We got a little background. Okay, better? that's better. Yeah, y'all hear me better. I, 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 Thank remember, you, ma'am, I remember when I was in high school and in the school, you know, I was kind of small, you know, and. I had a little problem because I was kind of real skinny, man, you know. And a lot of people kind of picked on me, stung me there. I ran run home a little bit. Then one day my daddy told me, he said, uh, say, boy, unless you start learning how to talk up, speak up for yourself, then if it's time come to push, come to show, you're going to have to fight for what you believe in or what fight for yourself. So basically I, I, I listened, you know, and then one day uh, I had this guy, he was like a, a, the bullet of the, of the neighborhood. He kept on picking on me. And then and one day I had to show him my great left hook I had. <laughs> you know, but even nowadays, yeah. they, don't, they, don't want, they don't want everybody to do any fighting nowadays. But everybody is going to have to believe you. That, that's all part of life, you know. Sometimes you got you to know, stand up. <laughs> You got to stand up for yourself because not yeah, only yeah. your own people are going to do you like that, but also the other people will do you like that outside your well, neighborhood. When your own you people know? do you like that and the other people see you, then they show up do you like that. <clears throat> amen, amen. And so I'm saying right now, uh, you know, we all got now, everybody's out of school right now, uh, Brother Sneed. You know, everybody's at home right now. So I'm going to ask you a question now. Since everybody is isolating themselves and they out of school like that, what what do you think what's going to happen with with all these kids at home right now? But basically, they don't have nothing to do. They don't have no sports. We don't have music and band. We don't have no kind of organization. I I, I heard the other day that uh they're going to try to get some of these tablets and they're going to basically going to make uh, school be home through the computer course, you know. Uh, so now we're going to have kids mostly. I'm not really worried about the uh, the real young ones because they can be kind of controlled with their moms and dads. They should be, you know. Well, how about the teenagers and, uh, you know, kind of ones in middle school? Because I do a little substitute teaching. And I know well, that the uh, the, uh, uh, the middle schools are basically, the, they're the really ones that really kind of real hyper. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Well, hey, it's so we got like these this. kids now. They 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 are they are they they vulnerable for anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how are we gonna yeah. do? Be able to control this? What's gonna happen in these next? They said no more. They might not be no more school for the rest of this this semester. You know. Right. So what kind of plans do you think they can implement to help the kids? Well, number one, look here. Number one, we're going to have a hard time being as African Americans. We're going to have a very hard time. We're going to be the last ones to get the tablets. You understand what I'm saying? We're going to be the yeah. last ones to get the tablets. We're going to be so uncomfortable in this little house with six, seven, eight kids, five kids, than the Caucasians. So they are able to spread themselves out the house, they're, they're around the house. They all have a big screen TV in their room, tablets and stuff already in their room, so they can be comfortable and do something. We can't. Our kids are going to hit the streets. You already know that. They're going to hit mm. the streets. It's going to be burglary. It's going to be jacking. Uh, it's going to get so bad. It's going to get bad. If, it's, if we have to go two or three months, it's going to get pretty bad because, as you said, most of those uh, teenage kids, the mother and father can't control them no way, and they got to have that uh, – uh, what's that? That uh, that that I, I was trying to think of the name of that weed they smoke. So they got to have that. Oh, you know, that's a part of their meal. That's a part of their meal. They want to have. If they can't have that, they're gonna go crazy. So in order to get that, there's no money nowhere. They really got to steal, rob, or do something wrong. So it's gonna be tough. Now they come up with a way that they can uh uh cut down the number of police we have. You see that one catches the virus, then we're gonna take down all the police. So that means crime go up. Just like I'm listening to the news, you listen to the news, the criminal listening to the news. Hey, they taking all the police off the street. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to have some problems. i tell you that now. Um, and, and, and all of our problems basically come because we, we, don't, have, we don't have the funds like other people to, to maintain, you know, to maintain life and stuff like uh, Holland Park, Hamilton Park, uh, uh, you know, so it's going to be really hard for a family that don't have nothing. People are already waiting and begging and praying for the money that the president said he's going to send them because they don't have food in the house or nothing. So uh, uh, we got to pray, and we got to help. We got people that got money that need to step up. We got millionaires. We got black men. But that's one thing about uh, us as African Americans. Once we get on top, we don't look back down. We marry a white woman and keep looking up. You know, and mm. that's not right. Now it's time. Now it's time. To look down and see that, hey, I, I'm out of South Dallas. I'm going to make sure them girls have something to eat. I'm going to make sure they got things over there. I want to know what's going so on what in you, the South. So That's basically what, what you're saying, basically all your uh, millionaire uh, rap singers, uh, your, your millionaire athletes that come from South Dallas, uh, North Dallas, or Oak Cliff should try to put back in their neighborhoods the time and giving them money. That's right. Now it's time to put back because they don't know if they're going to live tomorrow to get it. This virus is killing everybody. So, hey, put it in the neighborhood right now. You see what I'm saying? And if you yeah, give it, God's going to give remember, it back. I can, remember, I can remember around Christmas time, they got this rap singer. His name is Yellow Beasy. He was giving away a lot of bicycles, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now, instead of bicycles, I think he should be giving away food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. Like, That's right. Shop's gonna wind up with a lot of bicycles in him. You can't, you can't eat no bicycles. You, you know? can't eat no bicycles. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you need to be giving away food. Uh, you need to have comfort lines. You need to be get out there and get the people. See, if, if, 
with things going on the way they are, if our black celebrities and stuff, if one of them was to show up in the neighborhood and say, hey, we just come to be with you at a time of need, you know, and boom, 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 that would give us take a lot of pressure off a lot of people. You see what I'm saying? We got people like uh, uh, T.D. Jake. Uh, he wanted to tell us confidence, but what are you doing to help? What are you doing to help, you know, uh, T.D. Jake? Okay, let's, let me say this, man. He, he got a prison program, and he wants to help ex-offenders. I don't mean to cut nobody down. I'm just trying to tell it like it is. He said he helped mm-hmm. ex-offenders. Guys get out of prison, and they need help. Now, he, he said, come to my church. You go to his church, and he want to put you on a computer. You don't need no computer right there. You need some clothes. You need some bus passes. You need something to eat. Then we can get on the computer and get me something. But to put me on the computer and don't uh, well get me said, nothing. Well said. Well said. You know, what well, can brother, I we need to cut this in short because our time is up. We go, Mike, Mike, we're going to say that for another conversation. That's a great line of uh, thought. That we, uh, that's a great topic, too. You know, because there are some needs that sometimes we look beyond the present need and look for the future. And sometimes we that's need right. things that's right. right then. And then we can think about right our then. future. So, hey, right brother, in, I, right I got to get on out of here, man. I want to thank you both, you two gentlemen, for being on the program. Uh, you always uh, add something to the program. I could never do this alone. I want to thank our, our previous guest there, with Nurse in, uh, Nurse Norton and uh, practitioner Nurse Henderson for informing us on the coronavirus and the COVID-19, which are the same viruses, and how we, too, can take our health matter into our own hand. Mike, I want to thank you for making a difference in the life of our uh, of our offenders, how you give them a sense of, uh, of, of clarity regarding their financial uh, struggles, dear Lord, and how they too can, uh, can help change someone's life. Man, thank you very much. I, and we get ready to get on out of here. I want you gentlemen to be safe today. There's a lot going on. But unless we keep ourselves healthy, we can't do any of these things. So I pray for your health and your wisdom, not only for the days, but for the days and weeks to come. You know, we're always talking, and we'll talk again after this here program. But today, enjoy the balance of your day. Be with family and friends. You know, there's a benefit to what we're doing there with this, this, self, uh, this, this self-exile that they uh, that they refer to as an opportunity for us to get some rest, to reflect on how good God mm-hmm. is being. But also be mindful that someone out there needs to hear from us also. So we Amen. need to continue our Father being to do it wise and do it with a purpose. We're going to get on out of here, brother. Right. Thank you once again. You'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside Podcast. Grace your heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We thank you, dear Lord, for what we experienced today. We thank you for these gentlemen, dear Lord, and lending their voice to the program. Dear Lord, we pray that what we do here, what we say here, makes a difference in life for our young and old men and women. Dear Lord, we're talking about positive breathing, dear Lord. For you are the breath of life, dear Lord. We can't do anything apart from you. We thank you for Nurse Norton. And nurse practitioner Henderson, dear Lord, for their gifted and their wisdom, dear Lord, and their commitment, dear Lord. How they're going out on the front line, dear Lord, taking care of the health needs of your people, dear Lord. We ask you to get them the resources they need. We ask you to put a, keep a hedge of protection around them, dear Lord. Let no hurt, harm, and danger follow upon them and their ministry. And after all that been said and done, let them have an amen, hallelujah, how you continue to watch over there. Dear Lord, we thank you for Michael, dear Lord. How he saw the needs of our brothers that's incarcerated, dear Lord. How they... 
how the phone uh, bill was just too high. He made a difference, the Lord. Now some young man is able to call his mama. Some young man is able to call his wife, the Lord. Some granny can hear from a grandson or a granddaughter, the Lord, because of what they have done. The Lord, let it not just stop there, the Lord. Let them make changes throughout the jail, the Lord, and inform our brothers and sisters, the Lord, that even though they are behind bars, you hadn't forgot about them. Allow them to be the men and women which you calling for at such a time as this, the Lord. For we all have sinned and fallen short, the Lord, but you gracious and forgiving and loving, and we thank you, the Lord. We ask you to bless, bless, bless the uh, the remainder of this day. Be with our men and women, the Lord. Let no one be overtaken by what's going on in society, dear Lord. Yes, they say this, and yes, it's, this is going on, dear Lord, but you had a found safe. Let us be mindful that yeah. nothing could be done without your uh, okay on it, dear Lord. And we know that you said that this is not the end of us, that you have great work for us to do. Let us be mindful that you're not finished with any of us yet. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Real Inside. Mr. Joel Lewis, co-host, Brother Richard Daniel. Enjoy the balance of your day. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember to wash your hands. Amen. And again on that.